It is Monday, June 5th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. That is not your usual setup unless you have put some sort of painting smock behind you and you're doing some work on your home. Where are you? This is a beautiful view of Tampa behind me, but I shut the blinds <laughs> to get more of the focus on my face. Uh, took the red eye in last night Ooh. straight from the Ooh. airport boom put my setup together did talking baseball now i'm here with you guys because i love my job i do that away i love it i love it that you love your job and we love being a part of john boy media and we want to thank everybody who joined us over the 17 games of blitzball battle three which came to an epic conclusion yesterday Dude. boy oh boy that was it was unreal it was five nothing after an inning and everybody's like this sucks this championship game sucks. I'm turning. I'm unsubscribing, and then we got drama. Unbelievable! I forgot how good that game was. Yeah, me too. Wow. So special shout out to obviously all the people that joined us throughout this journey, the competitors who made it a ton of fun, but the edit team that put this together, our production team. I'm telling you, people. If you just had a little knowledge of what it takes to kind of pull stuff like this off, you would be amazed. So um, a great job by everybody who was producing, directing, doing the audio, setting up the warehouse, everything about it, and then editing the show together to make it sing the way that it did. Uh, that was phenomenal, and we're all really proud, and we can't wait to bring you our ball-and-play tournament coming up in a few weeks. So we'll get that going. All right, let's start talking about the guys that get paid for a living to do this. Uh, five sweeps over the weekend. You had Texas over Seattle, the Pirates taking care of St. Louis, White Sox over the Tigers, Miami added to Oakland's tough season, and Toronto did some serious damage at City Field. Which one was the biggest statement, in your opinion? I think it was the Rangers sweeping the Mariners just in the fashion they did it. They had pitching, they had offense, two games where they scored over 12 runs. I mean, they are... They're firing on all cylinders. I know Seattle hasn't exactly been lighting the world up, especially offensively, but the Rangers have. And they've been, I mean, Nathan Yovalde, John Gray, like they are just, they look like a real, like sometimes teams get off to a fast start and you can kind of chalk it up to that. The Rangers, I don't believe have gotten off to a fast start. I feel like they've just played to their level. Like the way they're hitting, um, you know, timely defense. Uh, like I talked about their starting pitching. Nathan Eovaldi has been, I just gave him an award on talking baseball. In his last seven starts, Chris, 52 and a third innings, four earned runs. Like it's awesome. nuts. So they're, they're, they're just, they're doing it. They look like they're going to be there in October and they're going to be a real deal threat. And a sweep like this against a division rival is very much uh, worthy of some praise. So I'll go Texas Rangers. I, I love, you know, the other ones are great too, but uh, I think I was most impressed with, I mean, they, they didn't sweep the Mariners. They buried yeah. yep. the Mariners. To, to add a little more texture to that sweep, um, they now have 16 double-digit scoring games out of 58 this year. The last team to do that in their first 58 games, the 1936 New York Yankees. Just to kind of let you know, 
They had some decent players on their squad back then. Marcus Simeon, I mean, who knew? 23-game hitting streak, 31 games consecutive on base streak working. Seager continues to swing it. Uh, out of their last 12 wins, and this this is the part of the Rangers where, you know, if we were to say, well, what's their weakest part of their ball club? No question, it's the bullpen. And they're serious about contending for the AL West and then making a deep run in October. They're going to have to add pieces to that bullpen. But what they've done is they've made it so that they don't have to, it doesn't come down to the end of games. Out of their last 12 wins, only three have been fewer than four runs. So you take that part out of the equation with building such a big lead thanks to a potent offense and a pitching staff, which has been really good without Jacob DeGrom. So I would agree with that. I do want to show just a little bit of love to the Pittsburgh Pirates, who we thought had just kind of come tumbling back to earth. They've won five straight games. They took care of the St. Louis Cardinals at home. So that was nice for them. These the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, look, the if you were to tell me that Luis Castillo was going to go seven innings, was it seven innings shut or seven innings won? I think it was seven innings won against the Rangers. I'd say, oh, okay, Seattle won that game, but nope. Yep. You go in at two nothing because Gray matches up right against him. Yeah. He's been great He's, since the beginning of May in particular. We did some we did some deep diving on him. His four seam fastball used to just get absolutely crushed in right. cores. And now it's one of his better pitches. Or I think it's actually gotten down to neutral, excuse me. Uh it used to it had like a it had a positive twelve run value just a year ago, and now it's working for him. So that's gonna make a difference. And I, I, I know what you're saying about the bullpen. And they haven't had to have a great bullpen to get off this fast start, but you're right. They need they're gonna need to make a move at some point. Yeah, you're that's not normal. That's normal. Yeah, you're you're not gonna be putting up double digits uh in a consistent basis if you get to October. And you're not gonna be winning. Jacob DeGrom has barely even pitched for this team. It's it's unreal. It really is. Uh biggest series heading into the weekend actually was was pretty fun, I thought. Yankees Dodgers. New York ends up taking two of three out in Chavez Ravine. What was your biggest takeaway from it? Uh that these two teams are both really, really good. Even if the Dodgers have to dip into their um, you know, rotational depth, uh, similar to how the, the the Yankees have as well. But these are two really good teams who I believe like I loved I would love to see this series happen, you know, four or five times a year. Uh, that's just how good the baseball was. I mean, Bobby Miller looked great. He's been my guy. Uh, the, like the the lasting image will probably be Judge running into the the fence and breaking oh, yeah. the fence. Hopefully, he's okay because that's obviously the main cog that the Yankees offense and just team in general uh, has. Uh, but I, I just think it was everything it was hyped up to be. You mentioned all the stars. You know, showing up in LA and they did, and then the games were good. Uh, we had Garrett Cole look like himself. We had Clayton Kershaw look great. We had the you know six run outburst for the Dodgers offense that helped Kershaw achieve that. It was just good baseball, and I think that these two teams are very evenly matched. And I mean, I know I sound like a coastal elitist, but I would think that would be a very beautiful World Series matchup. Uh, it would be. I mean, if you you know, if your team has been knocked out, uh, even if you hate these teams, it's something we have not seen in since 1981. I think it would be a ton of fun. Uh, there's no question about it. What did I learn? That the Yankees are about to have a World Series winning 
pitching staff. Now, I'm not so sure that the offense can match it. I'm, I'm just not sure. I think they're going to have to make some moves. And I'll be curious to see if Brian Cashman does. So that's my biggest takeaways. Um, I was out there at Dodger Stadium getting some content on Friday, and I saw Carlos Rodon. Said he's feeling good. He was out there working, so we think he's coming back soon, perhaps, from the back injury. Maybe after the All-Star break. Who knows? They're not putting a date on it. But that bullpen has been the number one bullpen statistically in all of baseball. You know, Clay Holmes is, after kind of hitting some rough patches, has been freaking nasty. Um, Herman was great this weekend. Cole was great this weekend. And after Severino got tagged for six runs in the first, and he felt like he was tipping pitches, but who knows, whatever. The Dodgers, I don't want to take anything away from the Dodgers because they lambasted him. After he gave up six, the next 25 innings, the Yankees staff gave up six total runs against a pretty damn good offense. So that is an elite pitching staff right there. That's what I learned. Yeah, it was a great series. Fun. Yeah, really fun. Um, by the way, I think the Yankees do need a. I think they do need a left fielder. I mean, you talked about offensively they need to add some people, but like you know, Stanton comes back. Is JD like he had some pretty good swings there in that series? Like, are, are those yeah. guys going to be the difference maker in the offense? You know, you elongate that offense. Scary to think about what they could do. How much? Uh, how much credit should I get? Donaldson hit two and Stanton hit one on Friday night. How much credit should I receive after I spoke with JD for a half hour and Stanton for ten minutes? Do I get any of the credit? Talk to Josh Donaldson for a half an hour. Was he lonely? I what could, was going on? Yeah, he was. He he was out. So he was on the field taking BP when I walked in the stadium at two o'clock. Um, and we he did he did our little fun baby ball players thing, and we just sat and shot the shit for a long time. We hadn't seen each other in a while. Uh, we've kind of been up and down over the years. Like he's, he's always made fun of me, which has been kind of fun, but I couldn't tell yeah. if he was like mad at me or just making fun. But we talked about a lot of stuff, including, um, some of the shit he takes here on John boy media. Yeah. Not from me. No, not from you. Oh, talking like, thanks. Yeah. So we, we talked a lot about it. It was really, it was good. I think it helped out. We'll see. All right, so it's June. That means it's summertime. That means your days are going to be packed with fun-filled excitement. It means that at the end of the day, you want something good, hearty, nutritional to eat, but you don't want to spend hours in the kitchen. Perfect. HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating. You want to reach your goals, delicious, calorie-smart, and protein-smart lunch and dinner options. Plus, they got new vegan recipes as well. It's the place for you. HelloFresh's seasonal ingredients, they're picked at peak ripeness. They travel mm. from the farm to your doorstep in less than a week, and fresh flavors are there in each and every bite. HelloFresh delivers mouth-watering, chef-catered recipes, fresh ingredients to your door so you can spend less time meal prepping, more time stuffing your face. With 40 recipes and over 100 seasonal and convenience items to choose from each and every week, you will find meals everyone at the table will enjoy and no worries if you're not a pro in the kitchen it's fine i'm not either i love to make meals with michelle but there's certain things she'll let me do and certain things she will not let me do there are plenty of things that i can do in hello fresh feel like i am contributing feel like i am being part of the meal at the end of the day i am say i am the chef champion of the world 
So today, head on over to HelloFresh.com slash Today16. Yes, use that code Today16. Why? 16 free meals plus free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash Today16. Start using America's number one meal kit today. Padres. They lost two or three at home to the Chicago Cubs. Not a very appetizing weekend for them. After Friday's loss, Fernando Tatis Jr., he's at a loss. I mean, one day we play, we'll play one of the greatest, greatest baseball out there. The other day it just doesn't happen, you know? And, like, I don't know if the baseball gods are punishing us right now, but, damn, um, we're just going to keep pushing and we're just going to keep working hard. Isn't the number one rule you don't talk about the baseball gods, Blue? Oh, you can talk about the baseball gods. I'm okay, okay. with that. Yeah. All right. You just try to praise them, the, you know? Yeah, he's like, they, they have the almighty power. So if you look at the standings, the Padres and the team they lost to in the NLCS last year, the Phillies are both 27 and 32. So I ask you this question. One, both, or neither are going to be just fine. I think both will be just fine. We're 60 games into this season, you know, 100 games left to play. And that is the biggest difference between our sport and everybody else's sport is the length of the season. And, you know, when that happens, like the good teams find a way to be good over the long haul. I think both teams will be all right. They're both four and a half games out of a playoff spot, bro. Four and a half games. That's nothing. I know they haven't performed uh, how they want to perform. I understand that. And it seems like they have a lot of shortcomings. I mean, their offense has just been bad, essentially. Uh, but there's too many good players for it to be bad over a 162-game season. Average is out. They'll be okay. And I feel the same way about the Phillies. Like, you may not like the way they play baseball so far. I understand that. But every single season, like, there's going to be peaks and valleys. If they would start out hot and then they had, like, a 60-game a run in the middle where they were just kind of, like, sub-500, you know, whatever – and they got hot again, you wouldn't even think about it. You really wouldn't, man. It's just the fact they've started out this way that really makes people wig out about it, I guess. That's a horrible way to describe it. That's the only thing that came to my head, though. Um, so I'm not worried about either of these teams. I do believe that at the very least, C-Rose, at the very least, will be in contention and serious contention for a wild card spot come the end of the season. And then the playoffs happen, and you know it's it's about what you can do in a series. I think both these teams have what it takes to win series in the playoffs. So I'm not worried about either of them. I don't get, I'm not worried about teams with players like these, like they have on these teams. I won't get worried about them until we're over a hundred games in and they're six, seven games back. Then you can start to worry four and a half games back and you still have a hundred left to play. Come on, man. Like it's going to happen. Well, the thing about San Diego is you keep hearing the same chorus over and over, right? We just heard it from Tatis. Like he's like, um, maybe uh, baseball gods. Like I, he's looking around the room and he sees the talent, but he can't figure it out. Juan Soto, who actually has played very well over the last month, was asked the same thing. Here's his answer. I love this answer. I don't know. I don't think I'm the guy who responded to the question. Okay. I know. I think. We have uh, those guys down there. They know better than me. I don't know. I really don't know what is going on. Uh, we have such a great team. Uh, but 
I don't know. It is. I, I just don't know what is the answer to that question. Why do you love that response? Because he's like, I'm doing my job. <laughs> don't ask me that question, fool. He's like, I'm not going to just sit here and talk poorly about my teammates. Like, I'm doing my job. What he wants to say is, hey, all these guys will step it up. They'll be okay. It's, it's, look, I well, get he could it. Have said, like, by the way, he could have said that. Yeah. Well, maybe I should be his uh, media coach. I don't know, dude. It's hard to, it's hard to have a, when you're in this and you know you should be performing better than you are, it's hard to have that positive attitude. But like, you know, you learn to have perspective. I have a perspective because I'm out of the game and I understand. Like I, I, I watch all these different teams now. I follow the game very closely. Mm-hmm. You and I both do. So I have perspective on what 162 is. When you're in the thick of it, sometimes it's hard to have perspective. When you're losing series and you're, you know, the Cubs are beating you and and you know, like like Tatis says, like you know, some games are good, some games are bad. It just, it's interesting. Uh, but I just, I think I'd be willing to bet. I don't know. Do you want to bet me like a hundred bucks that both these teams will be in the playoffs? Uh, no. I'm talking Philly and San Diego. Yeah. No, no. In part because all you have to do is go back to, wasn't it, was it a season ago or was it two seasons ago where Atlanta was 10 plus games back and ended up winning the division, right? It, it, right around this time, 2019, Washington was 13 or 14 games under 500 or 12, whatever it was. It was double digits under 500. They end up winning the freaking World Series. So we have seen plenty of teams. It just feels so hopeless. Yes? What? I'm sorry. I just, I don't think that's, a, I don't know. So, okay. Wait, wait, wait. You don't think what? Well, I didn't mean that they're both going to be in the playoffs for sure. Because there are some teams also like the Mets. One of the Mets, the Padres, or the Phillies is not making the playoffs. That's not necessarily true. If the car, if the if the excuse me, the Diamondbacks continue their level of play, that well, is. We don't true. know that. You could. Hey, listen, well, I, dude. I know. You I'm. See I, other teams go the other direction as well. Teams that have, as you just said, sixty games doesn't mean anything. So even though the Diamondbacks are off to this fantastic start, doesn't mean they won't it, fall flat on their face. It means it does mean something, Chris. I don't mean it doesn't mean anything. I'm saying when you have the talent on the roster that these two teams do with like the track record that they have, it means less. Okay. I'll, I'll buy that. I will buy that. But They're going to be in serious contention teams. for a playoff spot, serious contention for a playoff spot. But I think we can agree on this. Neither one of these teams have great farm systems. I mean, the Padres have been digging into that war chest for years and m- making trades for big names. So they've given up a ton of talent. Philly, for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to develop a ton of guys or the guys that they thought that were going to come up and help save the day haven't done that. So they've gone out and spent via free agency dollars, mostly. Um, But Kyle Schwarber, yeah, he's hit a ton of home runs. He's got a negative 1.2 war or something. Alec Bohm, negative war. Trey Turner, barely above zero war. So the guys who are there are going to have to fix the problem on both coasts, in my opinion. Jake Cronenworth, he got a huge extension. He's been terrible. Trent Grisham, he always hits some home runs, plays gold glove type defense, but he never hits above 200. They get nothing out of the catching position. That's why they signed Gary Sanchez. So both of these teams, it's going to have to come from within the walls right now. I mean, the the people you mentioned, like Trey Turner's, there's no 
way in the world that Trey Turner keeps performing at the level he's performing at. I no would chance. agree. So a lot of those guys with track records will turn it around. I'm just not like a panic guy. And, you know, like sometimes you, like I said, when you're in there, like you can panic when you're a player and it's not going well for you. But the real perspective you should have is I'm going to be there. Prince Fielder told me that when I was on first base as a young buck. And I said, ah, man, I'm started off slow. He says, don't worry about your numbers till the end of the season. They're going to be there. If you're a good player, your numbers okay. are going to be there. I, I I can't get off the Padres train. They were my World Series pick. So, Are you off the Phillies more than the Padres? I guess that's a question for you. Yes, I am. Interesting. More. Yeah, okay. more. Uh, bigger home run hit on Sunday. Jake Berger's walk-off grand slam for Chicago. Took care of uh, the Tigers for the sweep. Or Eddie Rosario, your former teammate, hitting a go-ahead slam. Two down in the ninth to take a series in Arizona. I feel like I'm a little bit biased on this one because I'm going to go with Eddie Rosario for a couple different reasons. Yeah. Number one, look, you just lost two out of three to the Yays. You're about to lose two out of three to the Diamondbacks. You're going to go back. You know, I think they're going home. So you get on that plane losing. Yeah, they, uh, they go home and they play the Mets, by the way. Yeah. So three and three on a West Coast trip. Great. Two and four on a West Coast trip. Not so good. So it saved them. Not only was it, you know, two outs, uh, you know, last out of the series, he does it. Uh, it's also Peter Moylan on the call, so that was really awesome to hear. When I when I, I didn't know he was on, I didn't know he was doing the game. Uh, so when I listened to the highlight, I was like, Peter, did he go? Uh, Jolie Olive, fucking Jolie Olive did it. <laughs> fucking Jolie Olive did it. <laughs> basically, that basically that. You know, when when it got hit, he 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 like cheered. You know, you're not supposed to like really cheer, but like, how could you not? I don't know. Cheer. I, I think so too. I'm over that, dude. Like, hey, anyways, I thought it was a really cool moment. By the way, they work for the team essentially. Some of the guys are actually hired by the team. Some are hired by Bally. I feel like I was pretty much hired, hired by, by the team. For my yeah, position. you were. I did pretty much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so I picked that one because it's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, plus he had a great series out there. Boy, yeah. they just couldn't get him out in critical situations. Ended up hitting three homers. And when he's hot, man, he's a, he is a fun yes. watch. Yes, he is. He, he, is can, he can get watch. hot. Um, I, I had a feeling you were going to pick that. It was big for the Chicago White Sox for a number of reasons, none more so important than the fact of who actually got the win on the back of his baseball card yesterday. And that was Liam Hendricks on national cancer survivors day. That's freaking cool. I mean, I love that. It's, it is amazing. And you know, it's, there's going to be some bumps in the road for him. Just baseball wise coming back. Right. He, it's going to be hard. He, I mean, he's not going to be the closer next week. It's he still is going to have to work through some things and, being prepared and there being there to pitch on back-to-back days and stuff like that. But just to see him out there and competing and yelling fuck every time that he throws one to the backstop or something or in the dirt is awesome. Uh, for the team, I know you think that they're done, but they're not because they're in such a shitty division. And oh. um, Keenan Middleton, who's actually been a decent reliever for them, Said three weeks ago, I was on the mound and they were chanting, sell the team. Sell the Remember, we heard that in the crowd. 
and now they're cheering for him. And he goes, that's the way baseball goes. Like, I'd be doing the same thing. I get it. But I think that there's probably a little bit better vibe with that team right now than there was three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he just swept. So definitely a better yeah. vibe. I'm not – I didn't give up on them. I want to give up yes, on them, but I can't. No? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. It's okay. Did I? I talk about so much yes. baseball. I thought what I said was – that it's like the Titanic, we're going down, but I'm the violinist on the Titanic. Did I not say that? It has been a pleasure. I think that's what I said. How can I go? How... Thank you, Dan. Mm. Dan said I said that. Yeah. I think you said, it, and you do, you do as much baseball as anybody around here because you have two different extremely successful shows out there in the universe. So it's hard for you to keep track of what you say where. It's I just, think I do a good job of keeping track. I, I would remember you if do. I was like, F this team. It's uh, it's when you give two different opinions on two different shows, that's when we're going to catch you. So we're not going to hold you against I've, it. I've probably done that before. That's okay. As I get more information, my uh, opinion can change. Take yeah. that, people. You should try to, everyone should learn from that. Absolutely. Be a learner. Last thing we get out of here before we get out of here on the podcast and the uh, YouTube side of things, we did talk about the Padres losing a series in part because Marcus Stroman just continued his wizardry on the mound. Strikes out Juan Soto looking and then gives him kind of a Soto-ish shuffle and, and a little stare down. And I don't know if you saw Soto on his way back to the dugout. He kind of gave it one of the, like, okay, I'll remember that. Did you see Stroman tweeted afterward, by the way? I didn't see. What did he tweet? He said, listen, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Juan Soto. He's one of the greatest hitters that I'll ever face, essentially. He goes, I'm just having fun. And by the way, the next time he clicks me, I fully expect him to pay me back. Um, did you have a problem with the Soto shuffle on the mound? I don't because of that very reason. If you're going to shuffle and you're going to stare at guys, if they throw a ball and you're going to do all these antics in the box, like you have to be able to take it. And, you know, obviously Marcus Strum is a guy that's going to, he's going to give it back to you and he deserves to. I have some stats here. You want to hear them? Why not? He's been great this year. See Rosie, as we know, I think he's second in the NL and in, in ERA, but since 2019, his last 103 games started, he's pitching to a 3.11 ERA. Now, he pitched in 2019. He didn't pitch in 2020 because of COVID. He opted out. And then the last uh, three years, 2021, 2022, 2023, 100 games started a 3.11 ERA. I mean, that's, you're an ace. He's an ace. There's no other way to chop it. Yep. And, you know, he's 32 now, but he doesn't look it. He... Seemingly has what I don't know another ten years in him. I mean, you look at his body and the way he's moving. Like he's he prides himself on his mobility and being an athlete. Uh, he just elicits all the ground balls, does all the things that you need to to do to pitch into your forties. If he wants to, he can. He's been awesome. Uh, I love what he did. I really do. I think it's fun. I love the little battles, and I I. I want Soto to be a little ticked off. I really do. So that, you know, the ne I don't know if the, I think that they, I think their season series might be done. I think San Diego's already gone to Chicago, but I could be wrong. So it might not happen mm -hmm. until next year, even. But I want them to have that memory because I want to see good battles. I love it. 
if I've learned anything from the warehouse games, I mean, you're talking to a guy who went to sleep on the ground after hitting a walk-off home. I was trying to be as disrespectful <laughs> as possible. If I've learned anything from the warehouse games is we need more of that. As long as people are getting upset and throwing at people and trying to fight like, dude, it's, it's entertainment. And I said that on the show before and I'll say it again and I'll say it again. It's an entertainment business. Baseball is. So let's entertain the people a little bit. Entertain the hell out of me. So basically what you're saying is, is uh, yeah, they've already played San Diego at home. So we'll have to see them the next, wherever Marcus Stroman is next year, whether it's on the North side of Chicago or somewhere else, if he's signed a big free agent deal, let's put that in our memory bank. Yeah. It's awfully entertaining. I loved it. Uh, Speaking of entertaining latest episode of the Rose rotation is out with Jonathan India, the Cincinnati Reds. We taped it in the middle of last week when they were smoking hot, and then they go out and they lose freaking four in a row. That's all right. He did well. Uh, he did well. He, Yeah, he, he's done some great things. He was awesome. We talked to him about the rumors that he might be traded. He was very open and honest about that stuff, about all the young Reds who have come up. Um, really, I mean, he's great. He, I told you, he's got a great vibe. Yes, even better than you, Sexy. He does have a, a good vibe, I know. But, I don't know about that. No, man. You can listen. I might hang out with Joe Ryan later today. Like I'm talking oh, to Kyle okay. Farmer. Oh, tell my guy tell my guy Farmer I say hi. I will. You know, we got along really well. Um and a lot of you've already seen it, but I appreciate it. The Dodgers baby ball players, we dropped that yesterday. Those guys were great. And there was a lot of star power in it. Mookie, Clayton Kershaw, Freddie Freeman was hilarious. David Peralta was very funny. Miggy Rowe was there, uh, Trace Thompson. So a lot of guys just having fun. It's a good little piece. We're going to be doing it with a bunch of teams. So we already recorded ones with the Red Sox, Angels, Yankees. Uh, we're going to try and go see the Cubs and maybe the Mariners um, this week as well. So we appreciate everybody looking into our content, as always. Yes. All right. Uh, no game tonight, right? you got a game tomorrow. Day off today. I'm gonna go. I don't know. My back is hurting right now. I'm gonna go to the gym. I think try to stretch it okay, out. Yeah. Let's. Okay. Use that foam roller. Um, for our one of a kind producer Dan Roar and the uber talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.